Welcome to the Spooky Electric Podcast by me, Trent Venegas. You need another podcast like you need another hole in your head. So here we go. For this episode of Spooky Electric, I have decided to talk about and share stories of the music that reminds me of the boyfriends that I've had in my life. So these are quote-unquote love songs. These are songs that remind me of um, really good memories. And um, as I am currently at the recording of this episode, single, um, even though all of these relationships have come and gone. Um, I still have very fond memories of all of them. And instead of getting into the whole, you know, discussion of what went wrong or why things didn't work out, I decided to focus on uh, the songs that remind me of each person that I was in a relationship with and just talk about the good memories, the happy memories, the good times that we had together, and why these songs are so important to me after all these years. So to start, um, it took me a very long time to be the man that I am. you know, when you hear people talk about their coming out stories when they come out as gay, um, the stories run the gamut from, you know, kids who come out at a very young age and are supported by their parents and they live a whole entire life of just being happy and out with who they are. Then you hear stories of people who are so closeted and scared of um, what their family might say or do to them, what their friends might say or do to them, or what they even think of themselves, that they stay closeted and they deny who they are and they fake other relationships or whatever. So there are a lot of um, coming out stories and mine is somewhere in the middle. Um, I have always known that I am gay Um, Even as a very, very young child, I remember um, having a huge crush on Robin from the Batman and Robin TV series from the 60s that ran in reruns. Um, Something about Robin in his little costume with his little green Speedos made me want to, like, hug him. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know that I, you know had feelings or whatever. It it wasn't like that. I just knew that I wanted to hug him. Like I liked him like that. And so I've always known that I am gay, but I did not come out uh, publicly or even to myself until college. Um, You know, I mentioned in previous episode that I had girlfriends. I had a girlfriend in high school. She and I had a love song together. Um, But 
that was kind of me going through the motions. I mean, I, I thought I was happy and I was happy. I mean, I was happy. We were close friends, but clearly I did not have the emotional uh, connection to her that, that um, I would later learn that I could have with uh, members of the same sex who I really, really did love and have feelings for. So, um, so I didn't come out until college. Um, the first relationship that I want to talk about, um, and I decided, like, I, I went over this back and forth over my head all week long, listening to all these songs about how I was going to talk about these relationships. And I, I decided to just stick with initials, um, Anyone who may hear this, you know, if if anyone that I'm talking about hears this, they know who they are. Um, my close friends will probably know who I'm talking about. But in order to keep this episode um, out of the weeds, to keep it away from getting into, like, the dramas of what happened or whatever, I'm going to keep it just stories about these songs and these relationships with these people, and I'm going to stick with their initials, and that's just what I decided to do. So, in the early 90s, um, before the internet was anything, when it was just fledgling amongst the public, I got my first computer in 1994. I convinced my parents I needed it for school, blah, 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 but I really wanted to get on the net. So, my parents bought me a Macintosh desktop computer and one of the first things I insisted that had to happen is we had to open an AOL account because that was the only way that I knew how to get on the internet. So we got an we got a computer and I got my AOL account and this was back in the days when they charged you by the hour. Now I don't know if you remember this, those of you old enough to remember um, and this is probably new information for you kids out there, but AOL used to give you the CD-ROMs and it was like 200 free hours of internet. So you put the CD-ROM in your computer, you launch the program, it dials in via modem through your phone line and you connect via dial-up to AOL, which technically wasn't even the internet. Um, in the early days of AOL, they didn't even have a web browser the whole entire online experience was just the AOL platform with their chat rooms and their news. That was it. It was uh, a year or two after AOL launched that they launched a web browser that you could go to www.whatever and access the real internet. So I'm talking like internet stone age people. So got on AOL and I quickly navigated to chat rooms because I was connected to people all around the country. Um, I don't even think it was international yet. You know, I think it was just America, just like the United States. So I was chatting with people all around the country about music or whatever. And I was super, super, super into Nine Inch Nails at this point. Um, and it was like my obsession. So I made a lot of friends in the Nine Inch Nails chat room. And I, I seem to remember that there were a couple of chat rooms for different topics. But the Nine Inch Nails one, there was one big one. And that was the one that everyone was in. And I made friends all across the country. You know, um, I remember in particular, I met this woman. Um, 
I forget what her username was, but it was something Mayfair because she was super into the Anne Rice books, The Witching Hour, based on the Mayfair witches. And I met this other woman in the South. I believe her name was Becky, but her username was Precious Whore, but it was like P-R-C-S-W-H-O-R. And that is a lyric to a Nine Inch Nail song. So that's where she got her name from. My username, I had a few usernames. And anyone who knows me, my friend Sherry, especially knows that I would change my username often. And I had like a lot of different ones. But my favorite one was F-U like animal, F-U-L-I-K-A-N-M-L from the lyric, uh, I want to fuck you like an animal uh, from Nine Inch Nails is Closer. I was very proud of that. Anyways, so in this Nine Inch Nails chat room, I... uh, became friends with this guy, M, who lived uh, in the South. And we quickly, quickly bonded over Nine Inch Nails and pretty much everything else. Um, It was a very... So this relationship ended up not becoming romantic, but it was one of the most important relationships I've ever been in. It was full of more love than most relationships I've ever been in. And we genuinely cared for one another in a way that, although wasn't romantic or sexual, was 100% a loving, fairly committed relationship. And, you know, I used to have difficulty processing this relationship back in the day because you know it was either like you're with someone or you're not but now you know in in the times now that we talk about like people having open relationships and being pansexual and just all kinds of different types of relationships that aren't just binary you know gay straight you know straight whatever um the relationship that I had with him makes more sense to me now in light of this, you know, more enlightened idea of the way that relationships can be and are and are. So we met online in uh, late 94. And um, our relationship really blossomed online, we would chat for hours, and I'm talking 10 hours, like we would chat all the time. And again, like I mentioned, so AOL used to charge by the hour, so after 200 hours were up, they would charge you whatever it was, a minute. So I remember, yes, I remember running up big ass bills with AOL because I was like online all the time, usually chatting with this guy. Um, and we, we really, there was a lot of emotion um, for you know, for me, it was a revelation because I was like, wow, I can, I can have all these feelings for, you know, another guy. And it's not weird because, you know, I'm not gay, but clearly I was falling in love with him and not even acknowledging it to myself. Um, music was a big part of our interaction, like our conversations and, you know, Nine Inch Nails being our favorite band, um, I remember asking him, you know, like, what do you think, like, our our Nine Inch Nails song is? And he 
is the one who said that our song was down in it, the song down in it. Um, which at the time I was like, huh, of all the songs, I don't like that wasn't the first thing that occurred to me. But then the more I listened to it and like the lyrics, you know, I was feeling some feelings you wouldn't believe. I was up above it. Now I'm down in it. I'm like, yeah, like we're down in it together, like as bros into like this Nine Inch Nails thing. <laughs> like that's how I um, processed it. And again, I don't know where he was coming from on his end. And we actually never talked about it. But um, that's how I processed it on my end. So that was our Nine Inch Nail song. And to this day, I cannot hear that song and not think about him and that time together because it was very special for me. And we bonded really, really hard. And looking back, you know, and I realized this after the fact, but many years after the fact, that I was just head over heels in love. Oh, yeah. Um, M was also the person who introduced me to Tori Amos. Like, I am the huge, the biggest Tori Amos fan, but it wasn't always so. Like, I, I knew of Tori because on her second album, Under the Pink, she there's a song on there called uh, Pass the Mission, and Trent Reznor duets on it. So I was like, I have to get this record because of Trent's on it. It's got to be amazing because I love Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor's my life, blah, 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 blah. And I remember getting the record and hearing it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, it didn't really do anything for me. And the rest of the album didn't really do, do anything for me either. But I really didn't pay attention. I kind of just heard that song and, like, that was it. And M was like, no, dude. Like, she's amazing. Like, you don't even know. Her lyrics are amazing. She really helped me through all these, you know, feelings or whatever so he made me a mixtape and I was like holy shit and I finally listened to uh, Little Earthquakes her first record and I was like holy shit and like so he's actually the person responsible for getting me into Tori Amos and I will love him for that forever because um you know I'm sure I would have really come to understand and love Tori eventually but because he was the one who introduced me he will always be that person for me. And I love, I just love him for that. Um, he and I went to uh, my first Tori Amos concert together. Um, and uh, my current best friend, Sarah, was there as well. So the three of us saw Tori Amos for the first time together. Well, that was at least my first show. I don't know if it was his first show. I don't even know if it was Sarah's first show, but it was my first show for sure. And then a couple weeks later, he and I saw Tori together in Dallas, Texas, and we met her. And it was that moment when I met Tori and she put her hand on me and said, you know, something like, it's nice to meet you. And we took a photo together, a blurry photo, which killed me because it was blurry. And I was like, oh my God. But meeting Tori that night flipped a switch and I was like crazy in love with her from that point on. So, and it all goes back to this guy who helped me find my way. Um, because we were long distance, you know, he lived in Oklahoma, I lived in Detroit. We, most of our, of the, of our early relationship was online and we would send each other photos in the mail. So yes, you could send pictures online, but you have to remember like this was dial up and the pictures were these tiny little bitmaps, you know, tiny little crappy grainy photos. 
and we still used cameras and film back then. So we would take pictures and send them to one another in the mail. So it was really nice to get like these care packages from one another. And um, I remember getting pictures from him. And when I finally got to see what he looked like, I was like, holy fucking shit. Of course, this was deep, deep down. I never acknowledged to myself that I was in love with this guy. I never acknowledged to myself that I was having feelings for him because I, it just wasn't where my head was. But I'm even looking at these pictures now. I've busted out my photo albums for this podcast. And he was so cute. I mean, like, he just was so cute. And it was, um, for sure, a significant (laughs) sea change moment for me. Um, We would talk every single day. And he was a very happy person, um, in spite of the fact that we were both into like Nine Inch Nails and all the like moody, depressive, dark lyrics. He was a very happy person. And he would always say to me, you know, like, I'm sending the smile over to you. Make sure you smile today. Smile, smile, smile. That was like his thing. And he sent me um, this song, um, Disarm, by Smashing Pumpkins, where, you know, the lyric is literally, I send this smile over to you. The killer in me is the killer in you. Like, that song was like, oh, like, yeah, like, yes, I get that. Like, he was sending that message to me. And, um, I'm not the biggest Smashing Pumpkins fan, but, um, but yeah, that song is a very special song to me because of, of, of this relationship and, and he sending it to me and the lyrical content. So in spite of the fact that I don't really love Smashing Pumpkins a lot, um, I do love this song and it definitely had uh, to, a big part to play in my relationship with this guy. Um, we finally decided to meet um, and we decided that he would fly up to Detroit and spend the weekend with me in Detroit rather than me going down there because Detroit was much more exciting and you know a bigger city than Oklahoma City where he came from. And, um, you know, we, we were like, oh, we're going to like do it up. We're going to get Nine Inch Nails tattoos together. And we did. We got matching Nine Inch Nails tattoos, the logo on our back shoulders, uh, which we still have. And I'm looking at the pictures of us getting our tattoos right now. And it's so fucking funny that we did that. Um, and um, in the days leading up to his arrival, he uh, sent me... Um, Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. And, you know, particularly because the lyrics are, um, tell me, do you think it'd be all right if I could just crash here tonight? Meaning that he would come stay with me. And then he was like, tomorrow we can drive around this town, let the cops chase us around. He had this image in his mind that we'd be like driving around in my car on the streets of Detroit, you know, being like fuckheads and like causing a ruckus and you know, getting the cops to chase us or whatever, like this ridiculous idea. And that's why he sent um, uh, Hey Jealousy to me. Um, And that song just always reminds me of that trip because ultimately we weren't like being chased by the cops or anything like that. But I love that song and it totally reminds me of that weekend. Um, Yeah, (laughs) we had a good time. We had a really good time together. Um, I don't know if it was that first trip or another trip because we flew back and forth a few times 
And, um, but one time we did graffiti a wall on an exit ramp from the freeway and we wrote um, our names and then we wrote infamous N-I-N-E-R-S. So infamous ninners, infamous ninners, which was like some stupid thing we came up with. And it's the Nine Inch Nails logo. I'm looking at the picture of it. And it just, that was the image of what he thought you know, it would be like when we hung out for the first time. We get tattooed together and we drink together. We weren't even 21 yet. Um, and then we'd like go do like bad things like graffiti and we did all that stuff. And <laughs> it was a really fun, fun time. And I was being able, I was able to express all these feelings in like this friendship, in this bromance. Um, so I was having these romantic feelings I didn't even know I was feeling satisfied in this relationship, which may sound kind of weird, but it's it's just the way it was. Um, we both really liked the band Garbage, and uh, the song Number One Crush in particular is one of their best B-sides. And he and I used to love to collect Garbage import singles because the B-side songs were on there. And it was one of the things that we loved to do. Like we loved to go record shopping together and collect singles and um, share the songs with one another. And number one crush is on is uh, is one of our songs, but not because of the obsessive lyrics. As I want to make very clear, it's not like I would die for you and all of that. I mean, like we were very close, and I did have feelings for him, but I wasn't, like, obsessive. Maybe it was, but it wasn't to the level of, like, these lyrics are crazy. Like, the song is about a crazy, obsessive relationship, and it wasn't like that. But it was one of our songs because it's one of the most important garbage B-sides, and collecting garbage B-sides was one of our, the things that we did. I remember we, uh, when I, when I finally, I went to college in Oklahoma, we lived together as roommates, and we used to spend weekends driving four hours each way to Dallas, Texas. And there was this massive indie record store that had imports like out the ass, like bootlegs, just like the coolest record store. I don't remember what it was called, but it was amazing. It was huge. And um, and collecting garbage B-sides was, was one of the things that we did together. So that's why I wanted to make sure that... Uh, it was listed as one of our songs. Um, another thing that we did when, after we lived together, is we went and saw, you know, all these concerts all the time. And we were both into this singer called Poe, who would end up being a very important artist for another relationship a little bit down the line, but I'll get to that in a minute. We met Poe in Kansas, like Topeka, Kansas, or Kansas City, or someplace. And we befriended her. We met her after the show. She brought us onto the bus and we hung out and, and talked with her. And she invited he and I to perform with her at her next concert stop in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She's like, can you guys get there? And we were like, yes. So we go to this concert. And during the song Trigger Happy Jack, she had us come on stage and we each had megaphones. And there's a part where um, she's singing the lyric and the background is one, two, three, four. So he and I were screaming on the microphones, the one, two, three, four parts, like running around on stage like crazy. It was so cool. It was so fun. And then when we were done with our part, we dropped the megaphones and we both jumped into the crowd and like crowd surfed. Unfortunately, he didn't jump far enough. So he 
got caught and then they put him down. And I remember jumping and like sailing. I landed on my back and the people caught me and they carried me to the back of the venue, to the front of the venue. It was so cool. So Trigger Trigger Happy Jack, that song that he and I performed with Poe in concert, one of my favorite songs and one of our songs together. But our, um, well, okay, so, so Trigger Happy Jack, great song. Um, the song Good by Better Than Ezra, also an important song to me because um, I believe it was that first trip that we spent together when he came to visit. The last day was a super sad day because he was leaving. We were both super sad. And for whatever reason, that song was just like on the radio or something. And I had the CD and I just played that song over and over and over again that whole entire day. So it's a sad memory because obviously I was sad that we were like separating and leaving and he was leaving. But I love that song and it it makes me feel that sadness and that reminds me of how important he was to me at that time. So Good by Better Than Ezra is... Um, an important song to me. But the most important song from my relationship with this guy, um, I don't know if we had met in person yet, but we had been, you know, like I said, we shared music together. And he, you know, one day says, you know, oh, I found this perfect song that, that um, represents like our friendship and what we mean to one another. And it's the song Nothing Else Matters uh, by Metallica. Now, this song is a straight up fucking metal love song, period. Um, it's like the straightest love song you could ever have. It's, it's not necessarily about romantic love, um, but every single lyric is, was representative of our relationship, um, a little bit of the lyrics are so close, no matter how far couldn't be much more from the heart forever trusting who we are and nothing else matters. Never opened myself this way. Life is ours. We live it our way. All these words I don't just say and nothing else matters. Trust I seek and I find in you every day for us something new. Open mind for a different view and nothing else matters. This song was our song, period. He said it was our song, and he was right. Every single lyric of that song related to our relationship. So even though we weren't romantic, we did love each other very, very much, and this song was our fucking love song. We would have, you know, we we chat for hours, not just about Nine Inch Nails, but about, like, our hopes and our dreams and, like, the pain in our life and the th- the stuff that he had been through and the stuff that I had been through, we were closer. We were as close as any committed couple, period. Like, hands down. So um, there's no way that I could talk about the relationships or the loves of my life without talking about this relationship with him. Now, um, my first real boyfriend... After I had, you know, come back from Oklahoma, um, I had just graduated college. Well, I, had, I graduated, but um, I was like, you know, 
22, 21. I was still super young. Well, I guess. And um, I met S in line waiting for Tori Amos concert tickets in downtown Detroit. Um, Tori was doing a tiny little show at St. Andrew's Hall. And the only way you can get tickets was to wait in line because they were only going to let the people who waited in line get tickets for the show. And he and his friends were a few people in front of, of me and my friend Tammy. Tammy uh, was my ride or die back then. She slept with me in an alley in downtown Detroit, Michigan all night long waiting for Tori Amos tickets. And I love her for it. But I met S that uh, waiting in line for Tori Amos tickets. We exchanged numbers and he ended up becoming my very first boyfriend. Um, he was still in college at the time. He was going to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And um, he was uh, a library sciences uh, major. Um, and he would live in, he would move every year. Uh, he would get bored of his apartment every year. And he never lived in the dorms. And I remember it was like a rite of passage every summer that he would move to a new place. And he didn't have like a lot of stuff, so I would help him move. And the first summer that after we were together, he moved into a lower level apartment, which was like a basement apartment. And um, the song Basement Apartment by Sarah Harmer always reminds me of that summer with him because um, there's a lyric about like watching TV all night underground. Like we did that. And he introduced me to Sarah Harmer and I'm like, oh my God, this song is so like about us. Um, and it still is. Um, you know, being in a same-sex relationship was very new for both of us. Um, I think he was out to his family. I wasn't out to my family yet. Um, I was only out to a very few friends. Um so we learned a lot together and um, ultimately things didn't work out and not going to get into all of that. But um, it was uh, a very important relationship for me and um, the fond memories I have of that relationship, um, I still cherish. Um, he and I shared a love of music. Um, I learned a lot from him. We both loved um, female rockers and Liz Fair was one of our favorites. Um, and when I think about him and uh, our time together, like the song Divorce Song by Liz Fair comes to mind. And not even so much because of the lyric content about how it didn't work out for us, but because... Um, <laughs> We, when the Blair Witch Project came out, and I don't know if you've seen the movie, but there's a scene in the movie where these people get lost in the forest or in the woods. And there's this whole scene about like someone losing the map, like they threw the map away on purpose so they would purposely get lost. And um, the lyric in Divorce Song when she says, it's true that I lost her later and it's also true that I lost the map. Um, we always thought that that reminded us of that scene from the Blair Witch Project which is dumb and silly and doesn't really relate to anything. But it's, I think about that every single time I hear that song. Every single time I think about that song, I think about that line from the Lair Witch Project. And I think about the fact that this guy and I loved that it reminded us of that movie. And 
Liz Fair uh, played a big role in our relationship, bonding over music. So Divorce Song is uh, one of our songs. Um, and uh, another important musical note for my relationship with S was our love of the band Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt had broken up by the time that he and I got together. And we would spend hours fantasizing about like, what if they got back together? Wouldn't it be great if they got back together? And we had this silly notion that we were going to start a band. Neither one of us were musical. I say this all the time. I can't sing. I can't write music. I can appreciate music, but I am not a musician. But we had this whole mentality about how we would start this band. And it would be kind of like named in honor of Veruca Salt. And we came up with two names. The first name is very boring. We were going to be like the Volcano Boys, which was a reference to Volcano Girls, which I always thought was kind of like whatever. But the name that I came up with that I really liked was, so our band would be called You Can't Fight Us Either. Because if you say it fast, it sounds like you're saying, you can't fight the seether, which is the line from Seether from Veruca Salt, which is clever, right? Right? It's clever, right? Yes, you're nodding your head. It's clever. So uh, Veruca Salt and our love of Veruca Salt um, was a huge part of my relationship with S. And we um, both really loved the song Number One Blind, um, particularly because that's what I learned what love allure was. Like it's a vertical blind. Like I never knew that before I saw the lyrics in the CD book. And I was like, oh, is that what that is? And the song, I don't really... It's not like that song represents us and our relationship or whatever, but it just reminds me of him, of us, and our dreams of, you know, our Veruca Salt tribute band and all of that. It's funny because I remember when I became um, a super famous blogger and I got to interview both Nina Gordon and Louise Post separately because they still had not gotten back together again. I mentioned to both of them separately when I interviewed them for my blog. I told them both about this story that I had with this guy about how we were going to start this band. And I remember distinctly, neither one of them were particularly impressed with the names that we were going to call our band. <laughs> but, um, but I'm still impressed. And I think uh, You Can't Fight Us Either is an amazing name for a... Veruca Salt inspired tribute band. So if anyone wants to use it, please feel free. You can't bite us either. Yeah, that's a good name. That's a good name. Um, I met T, my next boyfriend, online after the relationship with S ended um, on a mailing list. So while I had met M in a chat room, I met T on a mailing list. And then it turned out that we had also, we were also members of the same message board. So the mailing list was called Angry Cycles for the singer Poe. And you remember, you know, I just mentioned that M and I performed with Poe on stage. And that was one of the things that I was like, oh my God, like I sang with her on stage. And he was like super impressed by that. And we also uh, were big fans of Kylie Minogue. He was a huge fan of Kylie Minogue. Like, I had been a fan of Kylie since her first record came out in 1988. 
um, and he as well, but he was much more obsessive. Like I had gone through the whole Paul Abdul thing and the Nine Inch Nails thing. And like I had had other obsessions. He was like Kylie that whole time. So, um, so, okay. So this still was the earliest days of the internet. Um, you know, I, I think it was easier to send photos by this point, but neither one of us had a scanner and neither one of us had a webcam, you know, you know, and neither one of us had, um, digital cameras. We still had like film cameras. So we would send each other care packages just like I did with M. And I remember when I got my first package from T and I saw what he looked like, I was like, holy shit, beautiful. Like he was so pretty. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm like, and he's gay and he likes me. I was like head over heels. Like it was truly love at first sight. So when Kylie released a song titled Love at First Sight, uh, from her Fever album, um, for sure, for sure, I was like, this is us, this is us, um, you know, to this day, that song is my song with him, um, the lyrics are, thought that I was going crazy, just having one of those days, didn't know what to do, then there was you, and everything went from wrong to right, and the stars came out to fill the sky, the music you were playing really blew my mind. It was love at first sight. Because baby, when I heard you for the first time, I knew we were meant to be as one. I was tired of running out of luck, thinking about giving up. Like all of this was so on point for my feelings for him. And it was mutual. And I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, I was happy in my previous relationships as happy as I could be up to those point because I was happy. But it was when I met T and I felt those feelings that I was like, it was through the stratosphere. It was like, wow, blew my mind. And there was just no way that um, I was ever going to be this happy ever again. And I was ever going to love someone more um, ever. That's what it was like in the early days. Um, you know, and honestly, in this relationship, never soured. Um, I'll get to that in a second. Like, again, I don't want to talk about, like, how things ended. But fortunately, this relationship never went super sour. We remained friends and all of that. So um, he lived in St. Louis. I lived in Detroit. So we had to fly back and forth to see one another. And Chicago, Illinois was halfway between the two of us. So we would meet in Chicago. Like, Chicago became our city. And he was super into um, the uh, the whole Electra Clash uh, fad of like the early 2000s where like this faux retro electronic 80s new wave thing was happening. And there was this band called WIT. It was three blondes who looked like Barbie dolls and they just sang like look, robots and they were super cool. Like he loved them and introduced them to me. And they have the song, Ooh, I Like It. And that song is like, ugh, like it so reminds me of him and a particular weekend that we had in Chicago because there was like this Electroclash festival where like these four different Electroclash artists were on the same bill. He was into taking like a lot of photos, like he loved taking photos and we took a lot of photos. I have 
multiple photo albums of the two of us still. And I love looking at them because, you know, it was just a really happy time. And it was the first time, like, that was the first time I was in love, 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 like, super, super in love. Um, I'm looking at a Polaroid of us from that weekend. And, you know, we had, we had a good ass time. Um, Peaches was another Electra Clash uh, artist who still is in she's still making music to this day she's become like this massive queer icon since uh but he loved peaches and he introduced peaches to me and he just loved how over the top her lyrics were and how you know crazy sexual they were so fuck the pain away is like my favorite peaches song um and anytime i hear peaches it reminds me of him but in particular fuck the pain away um is our song, but not because of the lyrics, not because of like the explicitness or because of any, like the lyrical content has absolutely nothing to do with why it is our song. It's a catchy song in spite of its explicitness. And it reminds me of him. And, um, it's totally like one of our songs. Um, and then, there has to be a Poe song that reminds me that, that, that was important to me for him. And the song, Hey Pretty is just perfect because he's, he was so pretty. Like he was a beautiful man and, um, you know, I, I, I think often about what, how things might've been different had we stayed together, but ultimately the long distance got in the way um, you know, you can only, you know, be with someone long distance before it falls apart. And then he ultimately was, was planning to move to California. I was still in Detroit and he was going to be even farther away. So we decided that, you know, to end the relationship, um, but we remained friends and I vowed I would never be in a long distance relationship ever again because it was too painful. Um, uh, but we remained friends and he moved to California and then I moved a few years later and we stayed friends, you know, through our other relationships. And um, very unfortunately, he passed away after he battled and defeated cancer three times. Um, but then it came back again and took him away two years ago now. And I miss him and I love him and I always loved him. And I think about the fact that he was the first true love of my life and um, things could have been different had we been lived in, in the same city and all of that. But, you know, life works out the way it's supposed to. The universe knows how things are supposed to be. And we were meant to be friends. We were meant to have our time together as a couple. And we were meant to have our time together as friends. And unfortunately, he is no longer here, and I miss him, and I love him. Um, and he will always remain one of the most important people in my life. Um, so after that relationship ended, um, I met E in Detroit. We lived in the same city, and it was very fortuitous because, you know, I was like, I'm never doing long, long distance again. And uh, so E and I met on Friendster. Do you remember Friendster? Friendster is even older than MySpace. And MySpace is older than Facebook. So we met on Friendster and decided to have our first date. 
at um, a, a dance party night called Sugar Hiccup, which was um, a, a weekly dance party that was put on by DJ Darren Ravel, who did a radio show called Big Sonic Heaven, which still airs now. BigSonicHeaven.com, by the way, airs 24-7, and it plays shoegaze and dream pop and all this really amazing music. So anyways, E and I met at a Sugar Hiccup night at Fifth Avenue in Royal Oak, Michigan. And uh, we really, really liked one another. And we started dating. And um, I want to say, like, I want to say, like, four months, four to six months after we started dating, we ended up living together. (laughs) Because the lease on his apartment was up. He decided he was going to buy a house. And he was like, but I can't live this house by myself. Like, you know, do you want to live with me? And like, you know, I helped pay, helped him pay for the mortgage. And I was like, yes. And we lived together very quickly. And, but you know, it was, it was the best thing, honestly. Um, he and I were very, very happy. He used to make mixtapes, mixed CDs at this point, because CD burners had happened by this point. And, um, he made me a mix CD and I'm holding it in my hand and it's the, the, the name of the CD is how do I love Thee? let me scream the ways volume one, the diary of an emo idiot, or you think, you know, love, but you have no idea. That's the name of the CD he made me. And amongst the songs uh, uh, on the CD is uh, you're so hot by okay, go. And I always love that song because he was just like, you know, you're so hot. And I'm like, you're so hot. And, you know, this, this, the lyrics aren't necessarily happy lyrics. It's about this guy who's chasing this girl who's not interested in him. Um, but uh, it's my favorite OK Go song. And it's one of my favorite songs ever because it reminds me of, you know, the wooing process that E and I went through when we were making each other mix CDs. Um it definitely reminds me of our early dating days. Um, the song Take Me Home Tonight by uh, Eddie Money um, was E's signature dance song. And I have this memory, and I'm looking at the picture right now. We, were, we went to this dance party for his birthday at the Blind Pig in Ann Arbor. And um, the song uh, Take Me Home Tonight came on, and he was like, yes! He runs out to the dance floor. And he's dancing, his little you know, skinny leg dancing move. And we're throwing confetti over him. And I have this great picture of him laughing and dancing and confetti flying. And Take Me Home Tonight was the song that's playing. And that song is him to a T. And it reminds me of him. And I love it so much because it reminds me of him. Um, when we lived together, we used to love watching, like, shitty TV together and Laguna Beach was one of our uh, guilty pleasures. We love Laguna Beach. The teen drama, we lived for it. And Hilary Duff sings the song Come Clean and Come Clean is the theme song for Laguna Beach. So, you know, it would be, you know, we would get home from work. I was a teacher. He was and still is a probation officer for kids at risk kids. He was great at his job. Like he is an amazing, amazing man. Um, you know, we would cuddle up on the couch with our cats, my magic and his Zoe and Leo, and we would watch Laguna beach together. So every time I hear the opening 
music to Come Clean or to the Laguna Beach show, I think about, you know, my domestic happy bliss living with E uh, and our cats. Um, you know, uh, it's funny because he and I had taken a trip together to L.A. And uh, we decided to spend to take a day trip down to Laguna Beach because we loved the show so much. So we rented this ugly PT cruiser and we drove from L.A. down to Laguna Beach, which is about an hour and a half to two hours away. And we drove around the town. We went to all the we went to the high school where the show was shot and to like this taco shop where they filmed one of the episodes. And we had an amazing beach day together in Laguna Beach. And of course, uh, let the rain come down. Uh, that song reminds me of him and it reminds me of us and it reminds me of that trip. And uh, the last uh, song that I want to mention uh, about uh, E and me, uh, I mentioned that he was this big emo kid. One of his favorite bands uh, was, and I I'm assuming still is, Dashboard Confessional. And he sent me the song uh, hands down and told me that it reminded him of me. And, you know, I don't love Dashboard a lot. And I don't really, I'm not a big emo person, but I do love Hands Clean. It's a bop. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Hands Down. It's a bop. And um, it so is representative of um, what our, what he is to me, what he was to me and what he is to me. Like, you know, the, the skinny, you know, the skinny t-shirt and the flared jeans and, um, the glasses, like he was my emo boyfriend. And, um, that song is very representative. He says that it reminded him of me um, but to this day, it reminds me of him. Oh, wait, and there's one more. There's one more. I'm sorry, there's two more E songs. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so after, after we would watch a Laguna Beach, we would watch the Ashley Simpson show on MTV. And that show would, was documenting her, her recording her debut record. When that record came out, we were both obsessed. I'm still obsessed with it. Uh, but that summer, we were particularly crazy obsessed with Ashley Simpson and her, um, her debut album. The summer that it came out, his best friend got married. And he was the best man on her side. So his his friend, the bride, he was her best man. And then the groom had his own best man. But anyways, he was in the wedding. And so I went in as his date. But, you know, because he's in the wedding, you know, you're that whole thing. Um, and I remember the drive out to the wedding. We just played that record over and over and over again. And man, when you talk about like, you listen to music and it takes you, it literally transports you back in time. This record teleports me back to that summer with my, you know, Eric Estrada shaggy haircut and my really terrible, oh, terrible baggy boot cut jeans with my flip flops. Oh my God, it was so Abercrombie terrible, but it was so hot at the time. I mean, 
I think the only thing I wasn't wearing was the puka shell necklace. Um, but yeah, even talking about it takes me back to that moment. And of that whole record, I feel like Autobiography is the song that's most representative of the record. And it was used as the theme song for the show that we watched together. So that's why Autobiography is one of our songs. Um, and also, um, the last song, um, we were also obsessed with Paris Hilton, her debut record. Um, I had a birthday party that E threw for me. I think it was my 30th. Maybe it was my 29th. I don't know. It was one, It was a birthday party. And he bought for me a stand-up cutout, a life-size stand-up cutout of Paris Hilton because he wanted Paris Hilton to come to my birthday party. How cute is that? Um, I was blogging at the time and Paris was really big. So he was like, you know, all your friends are going to be there plus your favorite celebrities. He got me a cutout of Paris Hilton and a cutout of Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I have these two cutouts and they, were, they live in our basement. <laughs> they lived in our basement after. Um, and we both loved the song Nothing in This World. So that's why um, that song will always be important to me um, because it reminds me of him and, the, and our relationship. Um, but it has to be the Jason Nevins remix of Nothing in This World. The album version is fine, but the Jason Nevins remix is the bop. So that is the song that I relate to most when I think about my relationship with E. Um, he and I, music was very, very important to us and our relationship. And things didn't work out. Um, I, again, not to get into why things didn't work out, but I will say um, we are friends now. He is happily married to a wonderful man. They were made for one another. So while E and I had a very great relationship and we made each other very happy for the time that we were together, we were that time was meant for us and his time and the rest of his life is meant for his husband and i love them both and i'm so glad that we are still friends and i'm so glad that they're thriving and i love thinking about that time that i had with him because we we learned a lot together we went through a lot together and it made us uh the people that we are today and um I will love him and thank him for that forever. I met D randomly and completely on accident uh, at a bike rack in front of a hotel in Amsterdam. Um, I was not looking for a relationship. Um, we both happened to be in the same city for work and... Um, we met because we had a mutual friend in common. Um, my relationship with D was my most significant and my most painful. Um, but we're not going to get into all of that. We're not, I'm not going to talk about the good stuff for, for this. So um, there's a lot to process about that relationship, even still. Um, but I will... I do have a couple songs that I want to talk about that remind me of of our relationship. Um, and let me tell you why. So we met in Amsterdam on accident by a mutual friend. 
Um, and we really bonded on that first trip. Um, even though nothing really happened, it kind of, in the back of my head, started to settle that, wow, I might actually, this might actually turn into something. But um, I lived in Detroit at the time, and he lived in New York. And because things did not work out with my relationship with T, the long distance thing, I swore I would never get into a long distance relationship again. But I was like, you know what, but down the line, I wouldn't mind visiting him or him visiting me and, you know, having some fun and seeing where it goes. So initially it did not, I did not see a future there. I was like, it was great to meet him and we bonded and all of that and it was attraction, but I did not see what was going to come down the line. And ultimately, you know, we were together for six years and got engaged and all of that. Um, but in the beginning, I was like, you know, this is going to be short and sweet. I, I really thought it was going to be a short and sweet, if if not even a relationship. I thought it was going to be like a, you know, a fling or whatever. Um, So we spent that whole trip together for the most part. You know, the we met on the second day. So the first day we didn't know each other and then the rest of the trip we we hung out together he and i and our mutual friend um so he had his hotel and my friend and i were staying in our hotel she invited him to go out with us one night and that's where he came to our hotel to meet with us and i met him out front and i was like oh hi and that's how we met um so he spent the rest of that trip crashing in our room in our hotel um, so on the very last day, you know, I was very sad that we were saying goodbye and we were all very sad because we had to go back home. We had to go back to his hotel room to pack up his stuff because even though he had been staying with us, all of his stuff was in his hotel room from the first day. So I went back with him to his hotel and while he was packing his clothes, he was playing music on his laptop and Firecracker by Ryan Adams came on. And I was so impressed that he liked Ryan Adams because he didn't strike me as like a Ryan Adams fan. Um, he's a pop fan. Like he loved pop music and, you know, but I love pop music too. And like Ryan Adams, you know, like singer songwriters. And then, you know, the lyrics of that song, you know, you know, are, are very much about like, you know, everybody wants to go forever. I just want to burn up hard and bright. I just want to be your fire firecracker and maybe be your baby tonight. Like it's about like, fast love, like, you know, an explosion, and then it's over. And I really thought that that was, you know, what it was going to be. And I remember deciding in that hotel room at that moment, this is going to be our song. And he was like, okay. So it had always been our song. Um, we, you know, things worked out. We were, we were long distance for three years. So even though I swore I'd never do long distance again, I was in a long distance relationship for the first three years of our relationship. Um, I was in LA, he was in New York, and we literally were flying back and forth every three weeks. One of us was either here or there for weeks at a time. So even though I never really lived in New York, I lived in New York for about three years. Um, so over the years, we had seen Ryan Adams in concert, and at one, I remember one particular show, we saw him in San Francisco, and, no, I'm sorry, it was here in LA, he played at the Masonic, uh, the Masonic Theater at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, an acoustic show, and he performed Firecracker, and we got to hear it live, and we always joked that we were going to hire him to play that song at our wedding, um, 
And I remember that night him playing that song and being like, see, this is what it would sound like if he played it at our wedding. And um, yeah, it was a long time before I could hear that song again without getting super sad. But, you know, it's been some time and um, I've since gotten over that. But uh, so Firecracker was our song. Um, and the other song that I want to talk about that reminds me of D is uh, Pictures of You by The Cure. So as I mentioned, we were together for six years and got engaged, but ultimately uh, things didn't work out. It was not a mutual breakup. He is the one who wanted to end things for reasons, and I'm not going to get into all of that. Um, But he had left our home like he we he we lived together and like he left but we were going to uh our friend's wedding a couple weeks later and I didn't want to tell anyone that we had broken up or that because because in my mind we hadn't broken up yet I was like we're just going through a rough patch we're on a break we'll fix it we'll get back together um so I didn't really want to say anything and I certainly didn't want the bride to know that that we were having relationship drama at her wedding, you know, cause she's our very good friend and we were very, we weren't in the wedding, but we were like, you know, it would have been a big thing had anyone known that we were, that he had left the relationship. So we went to the wedding and pretended we were still together, stayed in a room together. That was super hard. Anyways. Um, so at the reception, the bride and groom's first, song that they danced to and their wedding song was pictures of you by the cure and he and i danced and i remember just sobbing into his shoulder into the his neck and shoulder that whole entire time i did not want the song to end because i knew that that was going to be like the last dance we would ever share and probably the last you know, quote unquote, happy moment we would ever have together. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, like, I'm finally able to listen to this music again. And it was only in the last year that I was able, that I, list, I heard, you know, pictures of you come on like the radio or something. And I didn't change it. I listened to it the whole way through. It was the first time I had listened to it since then. And this was like years, six or seven years after the fact the first time I listened to it the whole way through and it didn't make me sad I mean it made me a little sad but didn't like hurt me like it did for years and years and years after the fact I couldn't even listen to the song it hurt me so bad so even though you know these songs are kind of painful memories they're they're still happier memories because they do take me back to a time when I was happy and hopeful And, you know, the relationship didn't work out, but things were got the way they're supposed to. We weren't meant to be together. And I know that now, and I'm very happy we did not end up together. And it took me a long time to learn that lesson. Um, So even though I don't have the best memories overall of that relationship, these two songs are happy memories, hopeful memory remind me of hopeful a hopeful time in that relationship and um that's all i have to say about about d um 
I didn't date for a long time after that breakup. Um, that breakup fucked me up for a long time. You know, I, I had um, dalliances and um, encounters, but I was not ready to be in a relationship for a very, very long time. And then many years later, M came into my life, another M, not the first M, a different M, and made me believe in relationships again. Um, He was my first significant relationship since D. uh, And when I met him, it really was like the light was coming to bring back everything the darkness stole, which is a lyric from an Ariana Grande song called The Light Is Coming. And this song is so perfect and it so perfectly um, relates to my relationship with M because he is the biggest Nicki Minaj fan. He is the biggest Ariana Grande fan. And this song is an Ariana Grande song featuring Nicki Minaj. The light is coming to bring back everything the darkness stole. Like that song is him to me. For the first time in a very, very long time, I was ready to be in a relationship, to a committed relationship, to love someone, to trust them, to be vulnerable, to put faith in that person. And um, I'm so grateful that he was that for me because I was I was able to be happy again. Um, when we first met, um, we met on an app and, you know, we chatted. I was on the road working on a TV show. So I was gone for weeks at a time. So we hadn't yet had an unofficial date. Um, and I was gone for, I think, a week or two. I was gone for a while. And I think it was like two weeks, maybe three weeks. And um, we chatted every day and we talked on the phone, but not really. It was mostly chat. And I remember asking him to send me a song. He's a huge music fan send me a song every day that I was away and I would compile that into a playlist that I could listen to that would remind him, remind me of him. So he sent me that Ariana Grande song and I'm like, oh my God, this song is us. Um, And then he also sent me um, Rock With You by, Rock With You by Janet Jackson. And I remember being super impressed because he's younger and I was like, oh my God, he likes Janet Jackson. Like he knows where real good pop music comes from in addition to the real good pop music that's out now. So, um, yeah, I want to rock with you. Like that song, I wanted to rock with him and he wanted to rock with me and we couldn't because I was on the road. So it was, that song is so great because I was like, I cannot wait to get back home from this trip so I could finally see him and we could finally have our date. We could finally, you know, see if there could be something. Another song that he sent me was Anticipating by Britney Spears. And I've loved that song for the longest time, ever since it came out on her Britney album. But it was only since he sent it to me in the lyrics, I'll be anticipating, like anticipating me coming home to be with him. That song had new meaning because of of him sending it to me. Um, So we had our first date after we returned home. Um, and decided that we liked each other a lot and decided that we wanted to be um, boyfriends. He said, I love you first. And I was like, oh my God, I love you too. And then I think I'm the one that asked him if we should be boyfriends. So he said, I love you first, but I'm the one that said we should be boyfriends. And 
that was a really, that was a really great uh, relationship. Um, the Ariana Grande song, um, No Tears Left to Cry, uh, was the song of that summer. It was just on the radio constantly. Every time you try, it was like, they played it like, you know, five times in a row or whatever. That became our de facto song because, you know, he loves Ari and I loved, I loved him. And, you know, it kind of like bothered me that the song is kind of like a breakup song. Like the lyrics are kind of like, you know, it's about a breakup or she's not happy with her relationship or whatever. And I feared that it would jinx us. I was like, oh, this shouldn't be your song. It's not like a happy song. It's like a breakup song. And he's like, but it's so good. And I'm like, yeah, it's so good. I couldn't deny that the song was good. And I couldn't deny that it was our song. Um, And maybe I ended up jinxing us by saying that it jinxed us because things didn't work out romantically. Um, But um, that relationship was significant, not only because it made me, it got me back on the dating horse again, but he was with me through one of the hardest times of my life. Um, the whole period where my mom had gotten sick and then she passed away, he was with me. And I don't really understand, I don't know how I would have survived had he not been in my life, you know, that we were in a relationship together. Like, I, if we were not together, I don't know what I would have done. I would have lost my mind. Um, so our relationship might not have been the longest that I'd ever been in, but it was significant in that um, it taught me, it reminded me who I am, that I could love again, that I could be in a relationship again. Um, he helped save my life during one of the hardest moments of my life. Um, and we've since, you know, started hanging out again. And I will love him forever. Like, I will love this man forever. No matter what, no matter what happens, whether we end up together again or not, um, he is one of the most important people to me and will remain so. And that's that's that. So those are um, my songs with M. And then um, finally, the last relationship that I want to talk about with W um, was a tumultuous whirlwind um, that made me happier than I had ever been and sadder than I had ever been. And again, not to get into, you know, the dramas of what had happened, um, but the feelings for W probably stronger than when I was super in love and engaged with D and super infatuated and in love with T. Like, I don't know. There's something about this guy that um, was significant for me. Um, I took us to go see Jenny Lewis in concert. Um, I introduced Jenny Lewis to him and he loved her and her music and this concert in particular was one of our really really great nights um we loved the song she's not me and drunkenly sang that song together that night and um 
I love that song. I loved it before I met him. And I loved that we shared that song together after we met. And I love that song because of my memories of that night we saw her perform it live in concert. Um, and it's definitely one of the songs that will forever remind me of him. Um, another debaucherous drunken night out with W. We went to a dance party and um, this moment is actually captured forever on my Instagram story. It's in my archive. It'll be there forever. And, you know, I, I'll never delete it. I'm just going to keep it. Um, I'm singing and he's like on me and being amorous, we'll say. And uh, that was a fun night. It was a drunken, messy night. We had a lot of drunken, messy nights, which was part of the problem. Um, But the irony of me singing the lyrics of Bad Romance and the fact that it was like a tumultuous, quote-unquote, bad romance is not lost on me. So that song ultimately, you know, the lyrics were so perfect, perfectly apropos for how things turned out. Um, we had a lot of long, rough nights of messy madness, drunken, yeah. Um, but there's one night in particular, um, where, you know, it was probably like four or five in the morning, the calm, the eye of the storm, the calm and the eye of the storm, we were laying on his bed. You know, he's playing music on his phone, I think. And he started playing these slow, sad songs by Amos Lee, one of his favorite artists. I don't know Amos Lee, so all this stuff was new to me. And the song um, um, El Camino El Camino, came on. And I was listening to the lyrics and looking at him and just... That was a happy, calm moment in the midst of a lot of craziness. Um, Again, I was happy, but not really happy. Um, I wanted more and I and and ultimately didn't get it. Um, So, you know, not not going into the dramas of that, but, you know, that song you know, I learned about a new artist. And, you know, that song makes me happy and sad at the same time. And it's very, you know, apropos for how ultimately things ended up with W. So, yeah, this um, ended up long. This episode is already long. So I'm going to wrap it up. Um, I could obviously tell these stories for hours and hours on end. And of all the relationships that I've been in, these are just a sampling of the most important songs that remind me of all of these guys. Happy memories. All of them are happy memories. Even the ones that have tinges of sadness, still happy memories. Um, These relationships made me the person that I am today. And the music that I'm sharing in the playlist for this episode, all these songs, 
um, weave a tapestry of love and happiness and friendship and hopefulness and just good times. And it's what I wanted to convey when I decided to do this episode. You know, I put together this playlist, you know, in order of all the guys, you know, in in the order that I had my relationships. And I listened to this playlist at least five times, you know, over the past week, I listened to it, listened to it, listened to it, rearranged some things. Um, and it's it makes me happy. It makes me happy. It tells a story. Um, it takes me back in time. I love these these songs. I love these songs. I love these memories. I loved these guys. I still love most of them. <laughs> and um, when I decided that I wanted to do this podcast talking about music and sharing stories, this is kind of the vibe that I really wanted to go for. I really wanted to go for an emotional thing. And the process of putting together this playlist and the process of telling these stories is what I want to achieve with this podcast. So this is what Spooky Electric is meant to be. It's meant to be um, these magical songs telling a story that is vastly important to me and the people that have been in my life, who are still in my life, who will never be in my life again. Um, It's what I really wanted to convey. So that's it. This long episode is finally um, wrapping it up. So if you want to know these stories better, the playlist is there. It's titled Boyfriends, etc. For your listening pleasure on Spotify, go check it out. Um, these songs will tell the story better than I can. Maybe not better. Um, these stories will tell, these songs will tell the story in a very um, epic, op- overarching way. Whereas, you know, me rambling and telling each of stories a little messy, a little fraught with, you know, ums and you knows. But uh, taken together, they convey the story of my romantic life. So. That's all I have for you this time. I'll be coming at you next time. Have a great week. Bye. Just one little footnote correction. I erroneously called the OK Go song, You're So Hot, when in fact it is titled, You're So Damn Hot. Apologies for the mistake. Each episode of Spooky Electric has a playlist that I have created for each individual episode. The playlist can be found on my Spotify account, Trent Venegas, in the playlist folder titled Spooky Electric. The playlist track listings are listed on the Spooky Electric Instagram at Spooky Electric, where the O's are zeros. S-P-0-0-K-Y-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C.